0: The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Hoare, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, November 6th, 2022, on the basis of Hebrews 11, verses 32-40. through For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. I think just about every parent in the world wants to see their children do well in life. They want to see them get good grades and get good scores on tests so that they can get into good schools. They want to see them develop good social skills and remain in good physical and mental health throughout their lives. Every parent wants to see their children do well. And they want to know that their children are going to do well as soon as they possibly can. Ideally, while they're still in diapers. For sure, by the time they head out the door to kindergarten. Well, good news. If you want to know that your children are going to do well in life, all you need are two marshmallows. Back in 1972, there was a professor at the University of Stanford who did what is now a famous social experiment. He took 50 children, all about five years of age, and he put each one of them, in a room all by themselves, sitting at a table with a single marshmallow on the table. He told them that they could eat the marshmallow whenever they wanted, but if they could wait 15 minutes, he would come back into the room with a second marshmallow, and both of them would be theirs. Fifteen years later, The professor studied his test subjects and he concluded that those who had been able to wait 15 minutes for the second marshmallow were doing way better in life than those who could not. And now even though the results and the methods of that experiment have sort of been called into question over the years, it is now sort of a a standard assumption that this one trait, the ability to delay gratification, is a hugely important predictor of success. In fact, at one point, there was even a Sesame Street spin-off of this experiment where history's most compulsive eater, the cookie monster, was forced to delay eating a plateful of delicious cookies. The ability to delay gratification may end up being an important life skill, but of course, having that skill depends on the promise of eventually receiving that reward. In fact, I'm guessing that if those children had been told that the second marshmallow was going to arrive, not in 15 minutes, but in an hour, or in a day, or in a week, or at some unspecified point in the future, hardly any of them would have been willing to wait. The willingness to delay gratification depends on a guarantee of receiving a reward and probably Receiving that reward fairly soon. That might make our life with Jesus a bit of a challenge. I probably don't need to tell you that life with Jesus very often doesn't immediately make your life better. I probably don't need to tell you that very often your life with Jesus actually appears to make your life worse. The promise, of course, is that there is a reward if you are willing to wait for it. But wait for how long? Jesus never promises that the reward is going to show up in 15 minutes. In fact, he doesn't promise that the reward is even going to show up in this life. And so we might be tempted to let go of this life with Jesus for the sake of a more immediate gratification. In fact, that's exactly the thing. The Christians to whom the letter to the Hebrews is addressed we're being tempted to do. But in these verses, the writer to the Hebrews sort of wants to change the rules of the experiment. It is not simply that we as Christians keep waiting longer and then a little bit longer and then a little bit longer for a reward that never changes. Instead, the writer wants to show us that the longer we wait for our reward, the better that reward actually gets. And so it is actually good news when we hear what we hear in these verses that the reward you will receive for your faith is going to be delayed. The first couple of verses in the section of God's Word in front of us today actually concludes everything that leads up to it. Hebrews chapter 11 is sometimes referred to as the Hall of Faith chapter of the Bible. The writer has been cataloging an entire list of people whose relationship with God temporarily made their lives worse and more difficult. But these people were willing to wait. They were willing to hold on to their faith for a promise of a future reward. Let me just highlight one example. The Old Testament prophet Daniel was told by the king that he could no longer pray to the Lord. Daniel continued to pray to the Lord. As a result, Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, but the Lord rescued him. The writer says that by faith, it was as if Daniel had shut the mouths of those lions. Daniel waited for his reward, and his reward came. Hebrews chapter 11 is full of examples just like that. We might say that these people experienced a sort of figurative 15 minutes of faith. They had to wait for their reward. Some of them even waited a long while, but eventually, in this life, their circumstances were reversed. And in fact, sometimes in very dramatic ways. The writer wraps up this section by saying that there were women who received back their dead, raised to life again. What a reward that must have been. And maybe sometimes in our lives, we go through the same sort of experience. It's probably worth mentioning that Jesus never asks us to purposefully delay gratification or to purposely embrace suffering just for no good reason whatsoever. But he does also let us know that sometimes the things that we might want are going to conflict with the things that he wants for us. And he does tell us that sometimes our life with him might actually cause suffering in our lives. So, for example, there might be all kinds of things that you would like to do with your time. If your time were just yours to spend. But Jesus wants you to spend time with him. Which is to say to spend time in his word, in your homes, with his people. There might be all kinds of things that you would love to be able to do with your money if your money were just yours to spend. But Jesus wants you to be generous in supporting the work of the gospel and in helping those in need. You might have a strong desire to fit in with your peer group, to be well-liked at school or in your social circle, but Jesus tells us to do the right thing, not just the popular thing. There might be all kinds of desires and all kinds of attractions that a person feels in their heart, desires that a person wants to express and have fulfilled. But Jesus tells us that he has a plan for how and when and with whom that ought to happen. We might come up with all kinds of ideas for how we can get ahead in life or how we can get out of a jam, but Jesus might call some of those things dishonest and immoral. But maybe you've experienced That when you hold on to Jesus' words in faith, when you wait for your reward, that reward has actually arrived. You've experienced the joy of spending time in God's word. You've experienced the joy of being generous with your material possessions. Whatever friends that you lost because you stood up for the right thing were replaced by other friends who were an even better influence on you. Whatever pleasure you may have said no to in the moment was far surpassed by the lifelong commitment and love that you eventually found in marriage. It is good when that reward for our faith is delayed some, but then eventually arrives. Sometimes, of course, that reward is delayed more than just some. And that's the point that the writer wants to make in the next section. Yes, there were mothers who received back their dead, raised to life again, but there were other mothers who did not. Yes, there were people like the prophet Daniel who stood firm in their faith and were rescued by God, but there were others who stood just as firm in their faith, who did not forsake their God, even though they very easily could have just to save their own skin, and yet they were not rescued like Daniel was at least not in that specific way. So what does that mean? That their reward never came? No, it simply means that their reward was delayed even more. And that didn't mean that it was somehow worse for them. It made it meant that it was actually better. That reward that was delayed even more was for a reward that was even better. The writer tells us that these people held on to their faith so that they might gain an even better resurrection. As much as we think it would be such a wonderful thing to receive back from the dead someone that we love so dearly, that, of course, would only be temporary. That person would die again, just as we all will. But this reward, this resurrection, is better. It's permanent. Based on the the language that is used in these verses, a lot of scholars think that the writer to the Hebrews is referring to something that happened about 150 years before Jesus was born. This isn't recorded for us in the Bible, but it is recorded in other literature from that time. There was a king by the name of Antiochus Epiphanes, who was sort of running an experiment of his own on the Jewish people. The stakes for this experiment were a little bit higher than the one with the two marshmallows. Antiochus was an evil and wicked king and he was commanding the Jewish people to do things that he knew were unlawful for them, including eating forbidden foods like pork. And he was commanding them to do this under the threat of death. So here was the choice. Take a single bite of this forbidden meat or have your tongue cut out, have your hands cut off, be skinned alive, and then be put to death. Well, there was a mother who had seven sons. One after the other, they were all faced with the same choice, and one after the other, they all chose death. Finally, six out of the seven sons had been put to death. And Antiochus Epiphany was getting really worked up. He was getting furious that his threats were powerless against these people, that they feared God more than they feared him. And so he called over this mother to try and convince her last and final son to just take the bite of meat. She went over to him, leaned in and whispered into his ear, and she said this, Do not fear this butcher. But prove worthy of your brothers. Accept death so that in God's mercy I may get you back again along with your brothers. That son too was killed, and that mother didn't receive him back from the dead. Her reward was delayed even longer, but she was putting her hope, her faith, in an even better reward. And sometimes, of course, that's all we can do too. Sometimes the reward for our faith never arrives in this life. I realize that the example that I'm about to mention to you, by comparison to what I just mentioned, will probably seem very trivial, but I'm going to go ahead and mention it anyways because it's something that has been on my mind a time or two over the years. I probably don't need to tell you that an increasing number of activities, and especially kids' activities, and yes, especially sports, are asking for more and more of our time, including time that we would otherwise be spending in God's word, and including time that, oh, for about the past 2,000 years, everyone has known is the time that Christians like to get together to hear God's word, i.e., Sunday mornings. That's a difficult choice that parents and families are often faced with. I know that when our family has been faced with that choice, there has been a time or two where I have thought, you know what, wouldn't it be nice if instead of just one child missing from the team that day, everyone on the whole team, or all of the teams in the entire league decided to stand up and say, this isn't going to work for us. Schedule the game, schedule the tournament, schedule the practice at any other time except this one. What would they do? They would have no choice. There would be nothing they could do. They would maybe even be more upset. They would certainly be more powerless than Antiochus Epiphanes realized that he was. They would realize that this experiment that they are conducting on us would be over. That would be a good reward that a Christian might receive for their faith. But you know what? I'm not holding my breath. I don't think that reward is ever going to show up. In fact, if I had to guess, difficult choices like that will only appear to make life worse for Christians in this life. Difficult choices like that will not seem to in any way immediately make life better for Christians that reward is going to be delayed even more. But that means it is delayed for an even better reward, a resurrection that never comes to an end. And then, of course, we finally get it, right? Our life finally comes to an end and we finally get that reward. And on a day like today, just like the writer to the Hebrews did, All Saints Day, we even think about our loved ones, the people that we miss that have already received their reward, right? Actually, wrong. Yes, those loved ones who have died in Christ are with Jesus in heaven. They are enjoying the perfect bliss of heaven. But that's not the reward that the writer holds in front of us. He holds in front of us something even better than just going to be in a better place. He holds before us a resurrection of our bodies. And that reward is still being delayed. Of course, the the verdict about these people, God's assessment of them, that's already in. As the writer says, they have been commended for their faith. They have been vindicated for waiting, for holding on to their faith. The writer says that the world, which in the end sort of decided that these people were not worthy of it, God has declared that the world was not worthy of them. The verdict is already in. But they are still waiting for their reward. That resurrection has not come. Why? Well, believe it or not, they are waiting for their reward for you. They are waiting for their reward so that your reward can be even better. We might think of it this way this past week, I was walking through the airport and I saw walking alongside of me a man who had a backpack that was specifically an Ironman triathlon backpack. And it wasn't one of those backpacks that anyone can just get online or buy at the Ironman store. It's one of those backpacks that you get when you sign up to do a race. And so I asked him, what race did you do? He said, Madison in 2013. So it's kind of interesting that as I stood there with him in security, we kind of had this connection between the two of us. We had a lot that we could talk about because we had all gone through, we had both gone through this shared experience together. Not only all of the training and the preparation but then, then the reward at the end of it, right? The joy, the relief, the thrill that you experience when you cross the finish line. We had this connection because we had this shared experience but that shared experience was eight years apart. It would be different still, If in 2013, when that guy had gotten right to the finish line, he had been told to stop one step short and wait and wait and wait for eight whole years until finally I came along and crossed the finish line with him together. It would still be different if every year at the race, they took the professionals, those world-class athletes who dedicate their entire lives to competing at the highest level for that race and one step short of the finish line, they made them stop and wait and wait until the very last participant, hours later, finally came along and they crossed together and heard their names read together and received their medals together. Maybe it wouldn't have been any better for the people who ended up doing the waiting, but it would have been a whole lot better for the people being waited for. And that's us. That's what Jesus is doing for us. Which is the perfect evidence that this reward that we receive for our faith is not the way we normally think of a reward. We normally think of a reward as something that we have earned. But the reward that we receive for our faith can't possibly be something that we've earned because faith in and of itself is not the kind of thing that can earn anything. Faith is only as good as what the faith is is. Faith is putting its trust in something else. And so when we are rewarded for our faith, it is not because of the character or the quality or the accolades or the accomplishments of our faith. In fact, if that were the case, then the opposite would be true. The choices that we have made in our lives would often lead to the exact opposite verdict, opposite of vindication and commendation. So often we prove ourselves to be perfectly worthy of this world. That our choices, our priorities, the things that we pursue, the things that capture our hearts fit right in with the rest of the world around us. Oh, but we are rewarded for our faith because our faith is in Jesus. Because Jesus was willing to live a life that this world was not worthy of and do it perfectly. Because Jesus was willing to wait for his reward and do it perfectly. In fact, Jesus' entire life and death were vindicated by his resurrection from the dead, which is our guarantee that the very same thing will happen to us. And that is the only explanation for why Jesus could be waiting to give departed saints their reward for us. And that's what he's doing. He's waiting so that you and that loved one that you miss, that you're thinking about today, so that the two of you can open your eyes to eternity together at the same exact moment. So that the people, the great heroes of faith who have sacrificed everything for the sake of Jesus and we, who by comparison have probably had to sacrifice very little, end up crossing the finish line together, receiving the exact same reward. They're still waiting, and they're waiting for you. And if that's the case, if they're still waiting, then the last thing we would ever want to do is stop waiting. It was only about 50% of the children in that experiment who were able to wait just 15 minutes for that second marshmallow. But all of us can take our stand as children of the promise because we know that the reward we are waiting for is worth it. No matter how much our life with Jesus might make this life worse and not make it any better, we know that the reward we are waiting for is worth it. In fact, there is no better reward to be had. When that resurrection occurs, that's it. That's the finish line. That's perfection. And so when that reward is delayed most, it is for the reward that is last and best. So keep waiting because at whatever point that waiting comes to an end, your possession and your enjoyment of that reward will never end. Amen.